Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Welcome back to PSG Talking. Today I'm joined by friend of the show, Jonathan Johnson, as we talk all things PSG. Jonathan, how you doing, man? Hey, doing very well. Thanks and yourself. Thanks for having me back on. It's been a while. It has, it has, you know, um, wish that this conversation was, you know, had a brighter note on it, you know, hopefully we haven't had the chance to talk about more Champions League stuff, but it is what it is. Always good to see a friendly face and someone who's very tuned in with what's going on with PSG, not only from the club standpoint, but also the fan base in Paris. Looking forward to today. Um, you know, I guess the place that I would start is, you know, on one of the few positive notes is uh, Last week, PSG had the chance to secure their 10th league title, equalizing St. Etienne's uh, record-setting number of 10. Feels like this should have been a joyous occasion, right? Um, but obviously, there were a lot of headlines outside of winning the title with the Ultras leaving. So from your standpoint, just want to get a sense of what's the feeling around PSG, you know, after the title? Or are they excited? What's the feeling amongst fans, you know, in the country of where PSG is? And, and is there kind of a a negative effect on this title? Are you seeing maybe the like the happiness or the excitement isn't what you would have expected or what we would have expected with, you know, such a big number of being number 10? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, if I was to describe this league title in a few words, underwhelming would be one, conflicted would be another, given that, like you said, it is supposed to be something that is joyous, yet has left a lot of people feeling kind of empty and like it was almost like the minimum service that was expected of this PSG side. I mean, I'd say there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it. Um, I think, first of all, you know, there's always this debate about how much, you know, a French league title is worth or a French cup is worth. You know, at the end of the day, PSG can't change the, the domestic league that they play in. So these kind of debates are futile. The, you know, the same could be said of, you know, uh, teams playing in other in other countries. You can't change the, the domestic league that you play in. So you have to take that seriously. Uh, you know, so when you come to a landmark figure like 10, which what only one club has, other club has ever done, in Liga, then you know I think you have to you have to take it seriously, and we've seen this whole debate, um, you know, born about whether PSG should be having the badge above the the sorry the star above the badge on the shirt uh, in celebration of this. We know now that they've released uh, sort of re-released this season's shirt with the star above it to to celebrate the achievement. There's debate going on as to whether they're going to incorporate the star into the the LFP patch on the sleeve next season. Uh, and we also know that Marseille also adopt the, the the star on their shirt, but that's above the the badge because of their Champions League success, not because of ten league on titles. So as far as domestic achievement goes, uh, you know I think it is it is an important landmark, um, and it would be nice uh, you know for it to feel as important for the club as it is to the fans. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of this awkwardness, why the ultras wanted to sort of do their own thing because they know that. For them, they always have the club's best interest at heart, so always want to celebrate something like that, despite the fact that it has been an underwhelming season overall. Uh, you know, but also didn't sort of want to give that pleasure to the club, who I think many ultras feel 
you know, are responsible for for not tapping into the the potential that that PSG has as a project. Um, you know, and certainly the PSG, the, the potential PSG have had for, for success on the pitch this season with all the players that have been assembled, because <clears throat> I think they view the club as, uh, you know, basically bringing together this assembly of stars without actually really thinking about, you know, what, you know, kind of chemistry, you know, goes into successes like Champions League success. It's not automatically the strongest 11 players that anyone can put out of the pitch at any time that's going to go and win the tournament. It's the one with the strongest bond. Um, you know, and part of that disappointment as well is, I think, PSG fans feel a bit of, I, I wouldn't say betrayal, it's a bit of, it's too strong a word, but they feel like they were sold a dream with Pochettino that hasn't come to fruition, and that's been very disappointing. Pochettino being a former player and former captain of the team, he, he used to speak a lot when he wasn't in the PSG job about how it was almost destiny that he'd come back to PSG, that there was this really strong emotional attachment. And I think as soon as he came back, you know, that gave PSG fans, ultras and others, you know, something really, really positive to rally around. Um, and it's just been massively underwhelming pretty much since the, the very first few moments. I think once it became obvious that Pochettino didn't really and wasn't really going to be communicating in French, uh, was not committed enough to the project to actually sort of uproot his life and move back to Paris. Uh, and also, you know, perhaps wasn't as emotionally invested in PSG, uh, you know, as, as, as he led us to believe. And I think that has contributed a lot towards this poisonous atmosphere as well. You know, that and the fact that I think, I mean, it's almost kind of like decorating a Christmas tree when you think about PSG and each kind of summer that comes around. <laughs> like, yeah. do you really do you really need another couple of stars at the very top of the tree? Like, I think people felt like a lot of the additions made, uh, you know, last summer were not really necessary. You know, sure, you know, bringing in Lionel Messi at any given point, uh, you know, for any given club is going to be an exciting moment. But what we've seen on the pitch hasn't lived up to the hype, uh, you know, that followed him from Barcelona to Paris. Um, you know, some of the smarter moves, uh, you know, kind of got lost, uh, you know, in the in the madness of all of that. Donnarumma, in terms of his age and ability, uh, you know, was, was an important addition, despite the fact that it created some unnecessary competition with Keanu Navas for this season. Uh, Nuno Mendes has been a fantastic addition at left back. You know, not all of, of PSG's transfer dealings have been busts this uh, this season. Uh, Hakimi as well, uh, you know, another important part that's been added who should be, uh, you know, a big part of what PSG are doing moving forward. But Ramos, Messi, Wijnaldum, uh, you know, probably the biggest star names out of all of those that came in have been, you know, hugely disappointing. And I think, you know, PSG fans and ultras, uh, you know, a lot of sort of the the ones that kind of predate Qatar feel like it, it's almost made PSG a bit of a laughing stock at times because they're only taken seriously um, as long as they're competitive in the Champions League. And as soon as they drop out of it, like every other thing that they do, you know, domestically or otherwise, just uh, just gets belittled. And I think many people blame the club and the direction for that because you know they're they're now under this scrutiny that has been set up for them uh you know by the by the current ownership you know they wouldn't be judged against these goals had the the had the owners not come in uh, you know back in in 2011 and said you know we're going to be winning the the champions league very soon something that still hasn't happened uh 10 years on yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head i think <laughs> you mentioned the star and the badge and i think it kind of goes in line with what the fan base has spoken of, right? And, and the ultras have spoken of about just 
the team has become more of a marketing machine than a football team, right? And it's like the big names. It's and I've been on record of saying this. You know, Messi is a great player, and I think with time, could Messi, you know, fold in very seamlessly into this? I think he could, but with what PSG needed, I don't think Messi was an answer. At the same time, from a business standpoint, I can also look at it and say, how can you pass up right an opportunity to sign Messi and bring him in from a revenue standpoint and, and to make it all work? But, you know, I think there was this, the fan divide at the beginning of the season with, with Leonardo and just kind of, you know, strictly with the on-field dealings, right? With, you know, who he brought on or lack thereof. And there was a big push of see what Leonardo did from the Leonardo supporters. And as the season has progressed, it's most of the signings outside of, you know, Hakimi and outside of Donnarumma were really just disastrous when you look at it, right? I mean, you look at Sergio Ramos, yes, a great player, but, you know, I look at that from the standpoint of Thiago Silva wanted to stay, right? And and the whole situation with him was really just turned into a joke. He came out and was publicly, you know, criticizing the move, you know, you gave him more money than I was even asking for. And look at the way he has performed for Chelsea, right? So it's, again, just focus on bringing in big names rather than focus on building an inherent, you know, cohesively built team, which is PSG's problem for years, right? We're just top heavy. We're, we're in balance. It's, it's stars up front without a midfield. It's, you know, the criticism of, <clears throat> excuse me, defending with, you know, seven, eight, as opposed to defending as a team. So, I understand the frustration. Um, I think, you know, from Pochettino's standpoint, do you feel like the fan base has been overly critical of of, of Poch? Um, I, I've been on record as saying that this isn't all Poch's fault, but I've seen some fans recently say that maybe we're too hard on Poch. Do you feel like the the jeers and, and the whistles um, are justified on, on his behalf with the product that we've seen? Or do you feel like, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around and maybe so much of it doesn't fall on his shoulders. But I do feel like with the resources at his disposal, like you said, he has fallen way short of the target set for him. And again, right, being the, the former captain, not speaking French, being openly, you know, flirting with, with Man U. And now we're kind of seeing the shift, right, the last couple of days since Ten Hag has been appointed where it's like, oh, my focus is here and Bappe is going to stay. So is it that sense of also now he's like, doesn't know what's next for him, right? Like what options are really on the table for Poch after this? Um, a return to Spurs? I mean, does he really want to do that? Does that really make sense? Like, What are your thoughts just on Poch and kind of where his future lies? Obviously, most likely outside of PSG. Um, and is the criticism just? I think the criticism is just. <clears throat> uh, I also think that we can't blame everything on Pochettino, but also at the same time, the one thing that I would say and I know there's been a lot of reaction to it and saying, that, oh, you know, crazy to see how PSG fans and ultras are, are speaking their mind. But um, I almost think that the criticism and, you know, the you know voicing concerns hasn't been critical enough, hasn't been harsh enough, hasn't been loud enough. And perhaps that's because we hadn't really seen a chance up until this season for fans to get back into the stadium because of COVID to voice, uh, you know, their concern at the way that things had, had been going. Uh, you know, but I also I think that, um, you know, it, it was almost like Poch's time in charge of PSG was split into two halves. One was picking up the pieces after Tuchel, uh, which, you know, I think the fans had to give him time for that. And then also basically Poch being given a brand new team uh, and not being able to get them to gel uh, in his first season. I feel like we're now arriving at the end of that and it's kind of we're kind of like at a moment now where none of these parties can really advance together. Uh, you know, 
I don't think Pochettino is alone uh, in being to blame. He does have to shoulder some of that blame because the football that PSG have played in the entire throughout the entirety of his spell in charge has been really, really poor. There's never really been any coherence. The first part of that is down to the fact that there was basically no midfield for him to build around. The second part of that is that he still didn't build anything with all of those fancy building blocks that he was given. So, you know, I think that he does deserve a certain amount of criticism. And I think his stock has taken a bit of a a fall as well, uh, you know, given that he probably saw coming to PSG as a good opportunity for him to, uh, you know, add a couple of new achievements on his CV and ultimately... Uh, you know, he's only walking away with maybe a couple of the things that he thought that he could win uh, inside of the the time that he'd spend with PSG. But, uh, you know, I do also think that a lot of the criticism has to, you know, fall on Leonardo's shoulders. Leonardo has been the strong man for PSG now for the last three years or so since he came back in 2019. Let's not forget, he came back at a time when uh, Nasser Al-Halafi was, uh, you know, indisposed and, and wasn't able to be there sort of on a day-to-day basis. So Leonardo naturally came back with more power than he had before uh and you know you when you're looking i mean okay if we if we're still just looking at him solely as a sporting director some of the decisions like the transfer decisions have just been mind-boggling mauro ricardi buying him despite the fact that he dropped into awful form and still going through with that loan uh, with the purchase option of his loan deal you know that that was madness uh, you know spending big money i mean like you said it depends on whether a player actually serves a purpose for the team or for the the business as a whole. And it feels like a lot of the decisions had almost been business driven as opposed to thinking what was best for the team as a whole. I mean, you mentioned the situation with Sergio Ramos, uh, Thiago Silva. I think as well, something else that came back to haunt PSG at that time, and it's something that Leonardo has never been able to master, uh, you know, was really getting academy graduates to believe the fact that they'd be able to get minutes because look at what's happened to Tongi Kressi. Decided to go to Bayern Munich when he was getting minutes with PSG and was on the verge of sort of establishing himself as an alternative to Kimpembe or Marquinhos, somebody who would have been in the form that he was in with PSG, much more effective than, than Ramos, much more reliable. Um, yet he's moved to Bayern Munich. That hasn't worked out. So his career is now at a bit of a crossroads much earlier than many would have expected. And PSG were left sort of having to fill that gap uh, and ending up going for somebody like Ramos, who you know might as well have not been there for the, for the majority of the season, considering how often he was injured. So it is it is hugely frustrating. So there are a lot of mitigating circumstances, uh, you know, um, and we have to, I guess, cut Pochettino a little bit of slack because of that. But also, you know, you can't, uh, you know, sort of absolve him or blame when you look at some of the things that have gone on uh, this season. Uh, you know, his failure to use uh, the talented young kids that are coming through from the academy despite the fact that he loves to to talk about it uh, you know in pre-match and post-match press conferences it's just, it's just nonsensical some of the time and I think that PSG are now realize well they're now arriving at a moment whether or not the club leadership realizes or not we'll have to wait and see but there is now a need uh, you know if PSG are con- to, to continue to be one of the biggest clubs in the world they have to take things back to what's actually happening on the pitch. It has to be about the football once again. It has to be about the sport once again. Otherwise, PSG will will quickly lose all credibility as a project. You know, with the players that are there at this moment in time, it is a credible project. More big-name players will want to come. Coaches will want to coach the team. So there is still a possibility for 
PSG to be a sporting success, but if they're to be a sporting success in the future, and when we're saying that, we're talking about you know winning the Champions League as they crave, getting back to being the domestic, the dominant domestic power that wins Ligue 1 and the Coupe de France at the same time every season. Uh, you know they have to take it back to to what's actually going on on the pitch. And if they lose somebody like a Kylian Mbappe, who's seeing all of this going on, has seen the way that the project hasn't really been focused uh, on the sporting side of things recently. Uh, you know, that will be a huge, huge blow. And I think, you know, Mbappe must be in a really weird situation where he's, you know, experiencing some of the first successes of his career uh, in terms of titles coming in, um, yet knows that he's also at a club that has seen this kind of importance marginalised over the last couple of years. Uh, and I also think that a lot of people like Pochettino coming into the club will have realised that they're coming in with a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of need to, to succeed. And, you know, it feels like there is, uh, you know, responsibility on a lot of shoulders. Some on the players, uh, some on Pochettino, some on Leonardo. It, it has to be shared. You can't just point your finger at one person and say, uh, you know, that this is the reason why PSG haven't kicked on over the last couple of years since reaching the Champions League final in 2020. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and I've, I've said like similar things, you know, even with Tuchel, and I was a, a big, you know, advocate of, I personally, not that we can go back in time, but I didn't feel that letting go of Tuchel at that time was the right move just because, you know, he wasn't perfect, but mitigating circumstances, there was a stat out there that I think the season that we let him go, he had started 23 different lineups in, you know, 30 games, you had COVID, you had, and these were problems that Posh, same thing, right? He dealt with a lot of the same issues um, and any manager would have. And But I do think, you know, the product on the field is it has to be the most important thing. And, and the product that he put on the field with the resources at his disposal was just, you know, well below par. And when you mentioned, you know, his stock, you know, has to have taken a hit. I was so shocked that like Man United at that time was so adamant right, about we need to bring in Poch. I, I don't know how a team could see what he's done in Paris over the last two seasons and just feel but, like he was a but, shoo-in. But the, but the question there is, are they even looking at what he's achieving in France or not achieving? Uh, yeah. It's sure, it is sure, for, for United and for Spurs to be interested in having Pochettino back, they must just be basing that on, on what he did in the Premier League. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, you know, shifting that, I guess, a good segue into potentially who's next. Obviously, Poch can't go to Man United anymore. We've heard him say things like, you know, he's focused on here. Now, we, we all know that, you know, you especially being in this in this profession, agents, players, coaches, these guys are great, you know, at being media savvy and saying the right things at the right time. You know, does Poch really think potentially that or want to see if he could stay at PSG? Do you think he personally, even if we don't want to keep him, that he's not even interested in staying? And if he was to leave, you know, names like Conte, Joachim Lowe, Thiago Mata, you know, obviously we've heard Zidane, but now I'm hearing Zidane, his priority is the France team. Who knows if that is going to be a possibility? You know, do you see that as being a realistic, you know, chance? Or if you had to put your money on it, do you think PSG will end up with someone outside of Zidane as a head coach? And as a fan, is there anyone that that you see as you'd be interested to see on the bench and on the touchline? Because I'll be honest, yes, I love Thiago Mata. He is a, he's a club legend. You know, I know he's seen as, as a club child, you know, someone that's been here for a long time. Joachim Lowe is not someone that I'm particularly interested in seeing. Conte, he's a great coach. My concern with him is 
what we have focused and right put a lot of our pressure on is the Champions League. That's not somewhere where he succeeded. And is his style, you know, and what he asked for from the players, is that going to be a clash with some of the more ego-based players we have, the star-based names like the the Mbappes, the Neymars, who he's going to ask them to defend and track back and do all these things, and who's very combustible, right? And we've seen PSG being a very, you know, combustible team. And I just see that's like that's like oil and water. I feel like Conte and PSG. Um, not that I would, not that I wouldn't prefer him over Poch, but I don't know. There's just like a lot of red flags there for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, starting with Conte, that it is a really interesting possibility, and I don't necessarily think that putting a cat amongst the pigeons would be a bad thing at PSG because you almost need that to root out. I mean, because the thing is, there's a lot of dead wood in this PSG squad, and not necessarily dead wood in the fact that they can't offer anything on the pitch anymore. There's a lot of dead wood in the mentality that a lot of these players have. They don't have that desire, that hunger that you They're need. And sometimes what you <laughs> Exactly. I mean, what what you what you need is somebody who comes in and will give all of those players some sort of hunger, you know, a desire to want to go and play football again uh, and actually show that they can do something and justify all of this money that they get paid. Uh, you know, obviously, it's very easy for some of them to just stay there, collect a check at the end of each week, at the end of each month, uh, and then not really do that much other than just turn up at training. But it's, uh, you know, I think when Whenever you make a, a managerial change, you, it brings the opportunity for a fresh start for a number of people. And although we talk about a mass exodus of players at PSG, being realistic, there's not going to be a major fire sale where PSG get rid of 10, 15 players, uh, you know, all in one swoop. It's not going to be that. So it's going to have to be somebody who can come in, see what he's got to work with, obviously potentially add a few new pieces, but, uh, you know, try to basically rediscover an entirely new player by motivating one of these guys who's who's fallen out of favor and you know with those kind of guys we're talking about Kazawa's Drexler's uh you know Tito Carrera those kind of even though Carrera I thought had a very good sort of mid-season with PSG this campaign and then just seemed to fall away again whether Pochettino doesn't have any faith in him or whatever uh you know we can we can debate all of that but whoever is this next PSG coach I think has to be somebody who has that ability to, to look at what he inherits and actually try to unearth, uh, you know, some of these gems. I mean, it's funny, like when you listen to all of the debates about the challenges that Eric Ten Hag is going to face at Manchester United, it is similar challenges to to what any new coach uh, at PSG would face. Now, Conte, in terms of his style of play, uh, I mean, we, we can debate about whether he'd be a good fit with PSG squad or not. But the the bottom line is with Conte, wherever he goes, he wants to bring in his own style of players. Uh, and I imagine that Tottenham had already drawn up a shortlist for this summer of players that he wants to bring in that, that would fit his profile. Uh, and that would mean that quite a few noses are, are put out of joint. And like I said, it's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But for someone who generally has you know a track record of, of staying in places for a short period of time, I'm not sure that's the wisest thing for PSG because when PSG sign a player, it generally means that they're in it for the long haul because it's very difficult to get rid of them. So for me, I would look at somebody who can almost get the best out of what he inherits, which makes sense with the Zidane link, given what he's done with Real Madrid, given sort of how he has a reputation of being able to handle the the biggest egos. Uh, you know, the the players with the biggest reputations. But also at the same time, it's understandable that Zidane would want to wait and see what happens with the French national team. Because if Deschamps does, for example, leave after the World Cup in Qatar at the end of this year, 
it's possibly going to be the only time in the next 10 years that Zidane has a shot uh, at Lidl. You know, we don't know what tomorrow will hold. And if Deschamps has a great World Cup with France, perhaps that chance is gone for another at least two years for, for Zidane. But I think he's going to feel like he wants to wait to see how that one pans out. Now, uh, I don't think he's necessarily ready for the PSG job, given that he's only been coaching Spezia. But Motta, Motta, in terms of the former players that PSG have, sort of, if you're wanting to go for like a Pep Guardiola blueprint kind of uh, coaching development, he's probably the closest that PSG have to that at this moment in time. Zumana Kamara, if he got some senior experience, could also potentially be that guy in a couple of years' time. But it is a big risk. But the, the thing that I would say about Motta now is that Motta's window for having the respect of the dressing room is closing because there's not many people at PSG at the moment who would have played alongside him. Verratti, the obvious exception there. Uh, and there's also not going to be that many players in the future uh, you know, who really remember being tuned in uh, you know, to, to what Motta was doing with PSG at the time. I think there's enough players in that squad at this moment in time that might respect him and give him that opportunity to try and establish himself. And I think that if PSG don't have any obvious candidate that they want to bring in, they'd be wasting their time with Joachim Love, by the way. Uh, I, I don't think he has anything to give at club level after spending so much time in the international game. Uh, and I don't think a sort of Ranić-esque um, sort of curveball option uh, you know, is going to work out that well. I mean, look what's happened with him uh, at United. I think PSG needs to deal in known quantities. And if Zidane really is their first choice and he doesn't want the job right now, then they should look potentially for a stopgap option. I don't think they can continue with Pochettino in the same way that they couldn't continue with Tuchel. Once there is that break between the players and the coach, uh, I think it's very difficult to win it back. Obviously, galling for PSG to see Tuchel go on and enjoy that success. But... Uh, you know, they knew what they had uh, in him. Uh, and, you know, the, at the end of the day, the relationship with the players didn't hold up long enough for him to, to see out last season. So I think Motta, you know, would be an interesting potential option, maybe a stopgap to give them enough time to, to work out whether Zidane will take the job or not. But I'm not sure that there's many players in the PSG squad who'd be that convinced by PSG basically taking a gamble on someone so unproven at this moment in time. Certainly not an Mbappe. Uh, and I think a lot of PSG's chances of keeping Mbappe will depend on whether they can persuade Zidane uh, to take the job now. So, you know, it is it is a really interesting poser uh, for PSG. I mean, especially as the best sort of French domestic managerial talent is, uh, is taken at this moment in time with Galtier at Nice. Uh, you know, there is no obvious candidate for this succession uh, to Pochettino. And I mean, unless you go for somebody like an Ancelotti, but it now doesn't look like likely that Ancelotti will be moving on from Real after his recent success. And again, it's somebody that PSG have already tried. So it is really, really difficult to see where that obvious fit uh, is going to be. Uh, and, you know, if if Zidane, who sounds like he is the, the main choice for the Qatari owners, uh, you know, doesn't want the job right now, then, you know, I think it's the it's the opportunity for PSG to, you know, perhaps give, uh, you know, almost take a little bit of a risk, uh, you know, and I, I think that's why Motta might start to make more sense. No, that's interesting. Um, the Zidane one is interesting because, you know, I agree with what you said. I just think with Deschamps having the golden generation of a team he has, you know, if, if the World Cup does go well, the Euro is coming up as well, 
who's to say that he is ready to leave, right? And I think how how long is Zidane willing to wait to to find out, right? Is that something that PSG will probably need to figure out in the next couple of weeks? Like, do you think Zidane will make a decision? Or it's possible that he could kind of just drag this out until the, the final buzzer, until he makes a decision? I mean, I think it is possible that he drags it out. I mean, this is the other thing that's very clear about Zidane is he doesn't want to take over a team mid-season. So he will know that he's taking a risk if he doesn't take a job this season, this summer, uh, you know, that he's sort of out of out of work until next summer. It doesn't sound, being totally honest, like he's that pressured to, to get back into the managerial game. It's more a question of waiting to tick off one of the, the objectives on his list. And a real solid objective for him is to manage the French national team. Uh, another one, perhaps less solid, would be to coach in his homeland. And the only option to do that is PSG. I don't see any way that Marseille sort of developed to be on the same level as PSG anytime soon, both financially and in terms of sort of being able to challenge for every title at the, at the same time. That's rivalry aside. Yeah, you know, I think that it's... It is basically PSG or nobody else uh, for Zidane. So that opportunity for him to come back to his homeland is is essentially exclusive uh, to PSG at this moment in time. But, you know, given the way that France have performed over the last year or so since dropping out of the Euros in, in pretty humiliating fashion, suddenly they, they seem to still have a bit of life under Deschamps. So like you said, it's, uh, you know, he's almost in danger of playing it out uh, too long, uh, Zidane. So, you know, I'd say as much as we're talking about PSG sort of being uh, under pressure to make a decision this summer, I mean, there's also a fair amount of that on, on Zidane as well. Gotcha. And this is like, a, you, you mentioned the name, so and I've actually thought about it before, but Galtier, is, is that something that is even possible? Have PSG looked at him? Is there an option or possibility to pry him away from Nice? Or is that just like, is he, is he even interested in coaching the potential top team in France with the way his career, you know, has gone and he's made moves, you know, throughout his career? I mean, if you listen to the the comments when he's been asked that question before, he definitely wouldn't uh, ignore the, the the opportunity to to coach PSG if it was offered. I don't think he believes in it too much right now, uh, or didn't up until he won the league with Lille. Uh, whether or not he feels like he's capable um, or worthy uh, of, of doing that right now, I, I think he probably recognizes that there are. Um, you know, maybe managers who have more silverware on their CV who are being linked with PSG. But I think he would also look at the fact that Pochettino, you know, hasn't won more than him uh, in in terms of what you look at on his resume uh, and still got the job. Yes, he was a former player, former captain. So there is that link there. But I, I don't think Gautier will feel like he's a million miles away from it. And I think if PSG really wanted him, they would be able to prize him away from Nice. But I think in terms of working out whether Galtier really has, uh, you know, what it takes to be PSG coach, I think the thing that would put him on their radar is if he leads this Nice side, uh, you know, to the Champions League, makes them a title contender, uh, you know, perhaps wins the, the Coupe de France as, as early as uh, this season, not not forgetting that they are in the final. Um, you know, so what happens now for him uh, on the French Riviera? is definitely going to have a say in whether PSG look at him in the future, uh, you know, perhaps when they next have a, a manager or opening. I'm not sure 
that I could see them trying to raid Nice uh, this summer. But then again, if if Zidane turns them down and they're not willing to take that risk on Motta, then you know they are going to have to look for somebody who uh, you know knows the league would be able to get the best out of the team. Uh, you know, and and would also sort of not be afraid, uh, you know, of, of, of making his voice heard in what is a very powerful dressing room. And Galtier is somebody who has won the respect of numerous adverse, uh, like opponents and adversaries in the past. Uh, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic was very respectful towards him in his time. Let's not forget some of the great battles that PSG had with his Saint-Étienne team over the years. So, you know, I think he is somebody who's not far away from being sort of considered seriously. Uh, but I think that it would require PSG to be a bit more pragmatic in the way that they view uh, the sporting project, which they're not at this moment in time when you've got someone like Leonardo calling the shots or involved in that decision-making process. Yeah, um, you know, transitioning to to Leonardo, I think, you know, one thing that it seems the ultras and, and also the fan base right, has clamored for is, is PSG getting to a, a point where, you know, they're investing more in the talent, right, within within France, right, whether that's from a coaching perspective or, or even a youthful talent perspective. You see teams, and, you know, we mentioned it with um, the Bundesliga. You, I've, I've made the comment of, like, other teams kind of, you know, bowing to Byron, right, and, and, and giving talent away or, or making deals in Italy where you have, you know, um, you have um, Moise Keane going back there on, like, a very – fruitful loan deal right with Everton to, to get him there um, deals that PSG wouldn't get when we look at the future for you know who runs the shots or calls the shots you know obviously below Nasser um, at PSG what are the, some of the names that fans should look for you know this summer is it likely that Leonardo would leave and I'll throw actually an x-factor at you a name that I've thought of he did very well at Monaco he did very, very well at Nice and I've actually wanted to ask you this for a while is Luis Campos, right? Is that someone who I think he's actually thrown his name out, you know, to PSG that he's interested in the job, someone who is very good at selling, very good at making um, money on youth players, as well as putting together teams based around youth. Is he someone that PSG has looked at? And if not, you know, is the Arsene Wenger a realistic option? Um, Conte, you know, has his own links of who he'd want to bring in, apparently, you know, on, on some of the reports. So I'm just trying to think and give the fans you know, listeners, a good sense of what are realistic options and, you know, who would you like to see, you know, out of those options to come in and and potentially run the shots? I mean, it's difficult to not get excited about the possibility of like a Wenger, Zidane, uh, you know, double team at at the top of PSG. But the chances of that happening, um, you know, I I wouldn't say are impossible, but it's it's fairly slim at this moment in time. um, Wenger does have good links with, uh, with Qatar. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me now that this whole biennial World Cup thing has fallen through that maybe there is an opening for him to get back into the game one last time. I mean, he was speaking about it recently. Uh, you know, whether he'd accept sort of being like a, almost like a half president, half sporting director, you know, I guess PSG would just have to to, to try their luck and see what he says. Uh, whether that would be compatible, uh, you know, with somebody like NASA, I guess I guess we'd have to wait and see. But I think Leonardo's time uh, is is coming to an end. He's he's recognised recently that meetings are going on uh, in Doha without him. Uh, you know that suggests that there is a possibility that he is still moved on. It's going to cost PSG a lot, uh, you know, to get rid of Pochettino and to get rid of Leonardo in the same summer. But also at the same time, 
you know, this is a really, really good opportunity for PSG to look at what some of their rivals have done over the last 10 years or so. Who's been responsible for that? Who's been the architect for that? Uh, and whether those people could come in and do a, a job for PSG. Now, on Campos, who did a great job with Monaco, Campos's network of people uh, has you know, basically been picked apart over the last couple of years by a number of different teams across Europe. And I think that's why Campos is no longer as sought after as he was when he first left Lille, uh, you know, because obviously he went from Monaco uh, to Lille, had great success, uh, you know, with both for quite short periods of time. And now people have recognised that there are members of the the squad or the team around him, uh, you know, who do a lot of the important parts of his job. And with them moving on to, to pastures new, you know, Campos is kind of, he definitely has that reputation, but he doesn't have the same team. So it's interesting to to know, you know, what his next sort of project, uh, you know, will be if he can be a success. I think I've seen that he's going to be involved with Celta Vigo um, in some way, uh, you know, kind of like on a consultancy basis, like Ralph Renick. So, you know, let's see how that one goes first and see if his name is still, uh, you know, holding uh holding its stock the the other interesting one uh, you know is uh is edwards from liverpool moving on this summer uh, you yes. know somebody who somebody who has got uh, a lot of deserved praise uh, and somebody who obviously knows what it takes to lead uh, a club a huge club uh you know to sustain success uh in sometimes demanding circumstances I think that, you know, PSG could do worse uh, than knock on his door and see if he thinks that he could guide PSG to that elusive Champions League success and make them more uh, dominant domestically. For me, I think that that would be uh, a smart move because to me, he's the most savvy operator out there who's available. That doesn't necessarily mean that he'd want the job. But I do think that, uh, you know, it would be a really interesting challenge for, for somebody like him, given everything he's achieved with Liverpool, uh, you know, over the last few years. No, that's a great shout. And I've actually um, I thought about Michael Edwards. And for anyone that doesn't know, I, I think I had someone ask me, like, why he left Liverpool. From what I read, it was, it was just a timing thing. I think he always said for himself that he wanted to, you know, do a certain amount of time that he feels like in order for not only, you know, a person, you know, sporting director or president to grow in their career, but as well as for a team to progress, you know, change is needed. Right. And I think he just felt like the timing was right for him. He had a date and a year set in his mind. So it wasn't anything you know, negative of him leaving. It was just a personal choice um, and wanting to to do that. So all great stuff. Um, you know, before we get out of here, I think just wanting to to wrap up, we touched on a lot of great stuff. A lot of it's going to be a busy summer, um, I think, from the top down at PSG, um, a lot of change. And I think that's what the ultras and the fan base do want to see. Like you alluded to, you know, how much change can truly be done will is yet to be seen because of the amount of funds it will take to get rid of Pochettino, Leonardo and other stuff. Um, PSG has been heavily linked um, with players like Pogba, Dembele. Where do we stand on that? You know, is it kind of just more the same with Pogba and Dembele, right? Going for big names um, who have some red flags um, around them. Do you think that these are these are good solutions? And does Dembele want to come here? I've also heard that, you know, he's back in talks with Barcelona. Um, the, the two teams uh, or sides are getting closer. He is open to reducing his wage. And I read yesterday that, you know, PSG did put a formal offer in. Um, so just interested to see, you know, some of the names to look for this summer um, for players potentially coming in. Um, as we know, we'll, we'll also look to get rid of some players as well. 
Yeah, I mean, Pogba and Dembele are interesting profiles. Obviously, they would make the team more French if PSG did bring them in, which is obviously a big plus. But also, uh, that they would come in with no shortage of, of complicating factors. Uh, you know, I think sort of, I, I think Pogba, maybe less so Dembele, uh, you know, would be sort of aware of uh, sort of the the ability to fall into sort of bad habits, uh, you know, that that might come with going back to, to you know, sort of where you've come from. Uh, you know, it's we've seen it happen before with guys like Serge Aurier, where you almost kind of get complacent, uh, you know, and that allows silly mistakes to be made and it stops you from fulfilling your potential. For me, Pogba coming back to France in one way is not a bad thing because of the way that he handles himself with the French national team. Uh, you know, he's a different player with France to the one that we see with United. Um, and I don't think it would do him good, any good uh, continuing with United any further than, uh, you know, his, his current contract, which ends this summer. Uh, but I don't think that necessarily PSG would be the best fit. I mean, yeah, the, the, the prospect of Pogba and Verratti in midfield for PSG on paper, it's great and it's mouthwatering. Doesn't necessarily mean that it'll work. Uh, and, and be as brilliant as, as people think it, it would. I mean, I'm kind of torn a little bit because I know that PSG's midfield can't really get much more workmanlike than it already is. But I think that the transfer strategy needs to be thought out a little bit more. And this, to me, seems more in line with what Leonardo has been going for these last couple of years, where it's quite easy to obtain big names, just one that happens to be French and also hailing from the Paris region, uh, you know, who can be obtained without having to negotiate for a transfer, uh, you know, and basically just has to discuss his wages. Uh, obviously, he could have also called upon the help of the late Mino Raiola, um, you know, and, and Mino's business, Uh whether or not that's still an option, uh, I imagine it probably is, uh, you know, given sort of how that stable had grown over the years. Um, I don't, I, for, for me, it's it's one of those where I think that if Leonardo stays, it wouldn't surprise me to see Pogba rock up at Parc des Princes. But if Leonardo is replaced and somebody serious comes in, then I am not sure uh, that PSG will end up, you know, putting the trigger and bring Pogba in. That is unless... Uh, you know, um, the, the Qatari decision makers absolutely want to see Paul Pogba in a PSG shirt, which is not beyond the realm of possibility. Uh, and I think Dembele is just basically uh, an opportunity, uh, again, like uh, like Pogba, but one that's maybe less obvious. I mean, I think anybody knows, like Bar Barcelona as well, uh, in negotiating his contract extension, Dembele is a lottery, even on his best days. Sometimes he can be a fantastic player, and other times it, he, you're almost better off without him. And I think that you know, for PSG to miss out on his signature, even as a free agent, would not necessarily be a bad thing. Because again, like Pogba, yeah, it would be a huge boost to, to add two France internationals on paper to the squad. Uh, but you know, I think there will be a lot of complications, not necessarily obvious ones at the time, uh, you know, that quickly come to surface uh, once they arrive at the club. Perfect, perfect. All right. So I'm going to let you get out of here um, as we close up. What I will ask you, though, um, and we'll see, this is more a fan question to you, is outside of Pogba, outside of um, Dembele, and I'll give you my answer as well, one player that you would like to see PSG take a run at that you would enjoy seeing in a PSG shirt next season, if possible. It could be anybody. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it it is a really, it's a really tough topic. There's a lot of players that I've really enjoyed watching uh, over the last couple of months. I mean, obviously, I'm very lucky to do what I do and get to watch so much uh, top quality football. Uh, you know, with work and also whenever I'm at the stadium. Um, but somebody who I think is underrated and is going to be a really good pickup uh, this summer for whichever club goes in for him is Seko Fofana from Lens. And I'm not saying necessarily I think he'd be a massive difference maker uh, for PSG on his own, but that kind of profile of player, uh, you know, I think is what PSG should be aspiring to, to, to develop the necessary chemistry on the pitch to get them closer to Champions League success. Like I said, I don't think, uh, you know, it, it's necessarily signing Fofana is going to solve all of PSG's problems, but it's going for that kind of fit, uh, you know, that is going to do more for PSG than signing guys like Paredes, Wijnaldum, Herrera uh, in the last uh, couple of years. You know, people spend a lot of time criticising Danilo Pereira. Um, you know, because he's got a, quite a limited skill set. They maybe forget that he's quite a versatile player. But the one thing that always gets overlooked about Pereira that I like about him is he has the right mentality to blend in with a squad. He doesn't expect to be an undisputed starter. Uh, and that kind of guy is the guy that you want adding depth to your squad as opposed to somebody like a Wijnaldum or a Paredes, someone who thinks that they're good enough to start, uh, you know, who doesn't prove it on the pitch, uh, eats up a lot of unnecessary wage space, uh, you know, and, and ultimately brings more problems than uh, than solutions. You know, I I, it, I feel really bad whenever I see people crying out for, for Danny Lowe to be moved on this summer. Same with uh, Kerrer, when I feel that those guys are actually still capable of offering something to the PSG squad. And I'd much rather see Fofana come in uh, and replace guys like Paredes, Wijnaldum and Herrera, who I feel have been given a chance and are either too limited in terms of their ability uh, or, uh, you know, just have not settled for whatever reason. Yeah, I think it goes back to your point of, of building a team, right? It's less about star names and, and building, you know, a team that, that works together. And I think PSG does have to do a better job of you know, I don't want to use the word rating, but really utilizing the the French team. I think League One is in an interesting place where people continue to criticize it from different leagues and call it a farmer's league. But yet the Premier League and other leagues, the French league is the first place they go when they need youthful talent. Right. And a name for me that I know this is not a shock to anybody is uh, Tukameni, Right. I think for Monaco. Um, you know, I think he's a, a great young player, but I think these are the types of players that I would like to hear PSG more consistently, the Fofanas, the Tukamenis, the, you know, other players in France that I would like to see them go after more as opposed to just always running to the Prem or to, to La Liga. So great stuff. Jonathan, man, always a pleasure to talk to you, man, a friend of the show. We love the work that you do. Um, you know, go ahead and, and give the uh, the listeners, you know, an update on what you're working on, where they can follow you, um, and any interesting projects that you have coming up recently that we can, you know, support you, which we love to do. Uh, thanks a lot. It's much appreciated. Well, I mean, I guess most people already follow me on Twitter and that's where you uh, can follow most of my work. So you'll find most of my CBS pieces and other bits and uh, Bob's uh, that, you know, that, that come up uh, on that Twitter feed. So, yeah, follow me, me at at J-O-N underscore Legosib. Uh, and uh, yeah, there should be a fair amount of uh, Champions League goodness. I'm sure there'll be a couple more pieces on PSG between now and the end of the season. Uh, and then some stuff on France to look forward to for the Nations League as well this summer. Awesome. Well, it's going to be a busy summer. I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. But until next time, thank you everybody for joining in. John, thanks for joining us. I'm going to talk to you soon. Bye.
looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. Bye.